Well, kia ora, everyone, and welcome to the snack-sized version of my interview with a now Masui Henry. So the full hour-long interview will be coming out in a few days. But as I was editing it, I pulled out some brief excerpts from that conversation that I thought you might enjoy hearing. This certainly isn't a substitute for listening to the whole interview, but it will give you a sense of what we talked about. In the first excerpt, I was really interested in her experience in coming to New Zealand from Tonga and what that was like for her. Yeah, so going back to childhood, my family and I, we migrated here from Tonga. I'm the youngest of seven, so my siblings are much, much older than myself. So out of all of us, I was the only one that kind of grew up in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at home, we still speak very much uh, a lot of Tongan, still very Tongan in our approach to life, you know, even now. But when I think back, yeah, we moved here, we were overstays for a while, and it was, you know, we, we didn't have much whatsoever. And then on top of that, the language, the language barrier of my parents and it was actually a really challenging, it was really challenging growing up. I probably saw a lot of things that normal kids probably didn't see. On top of that, navigating this, this Western space was really challenging mm. for, for my parents. And so if you're coming in, you know, you're, you're going through the, the New Zealand education system and coming home to a very Tongan way of doing things, there was always this clash. And so if my parents didn't quite understand it, it could be taken the wrong way. Been through a lot. That's what yeah, it, it sounds like it. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit more because this is the thing about the podcast. We get to hear different perspectives. And so for many people listening, they won't obviously have experienced what you experienced as a young child, as an immigrant. It was quite challenging. I remember growing up, you know, pretty much we had the basics like bread and butter. So if you had marmite or jam, that was like a big deal. Or yeah. if we had visitors overseas who came through because they were getting their residency or they were in the middle of trying to get their visa stuff sorted in America, they stayed with us. And it was crazy. Like I remember one time we were so packed here that a brother slept in the bathtub, a brother slept in the cupboard. We, there was always a lot of us, all the girls in one room, um, all the boys in the other, pretty much every space in our three bedroom house was occupied, including the kitchen, including the bathroom and the corridor, <laughs> the corridor cupboard. And, and I remember sometimes getting bored because we, we just had bread. So mm. then what I would do <clears throat> is that in the morning, I'd toast the bread. And the, for lunchtime, I might just eat it not toasted. And then afternoon, I'd make shapes just to make it feel like it was different. Yeah, so it was, um, it was interesting. But my parents, they're really hardworking. So, you know, we managed. And then, you know, in, in all of that, everyone, I guess, as adults, all the adults had their own thing that they were dealing with. Every individual was trying to like navigate and trying to find their place in this new society. So yeah. with that came a lot of frustrations, came a lot of, I guess, um, anger and just all that kind of heavy stuff. Now in this second excerpt, we talked a little bit about hierarchy within Tongan culture and the impact that had on her when she arrived as an immigrant here in New Zealand. And I, I do when I'm, when I'm, I'm, you know, within the community, like I am really respectful. And even though in my mind I'm thinking, oh, I don't think that's quite right. Or if we, if we just turned it a little bit this way, man, we could be really tapping into this part of the market or whatever. If there's that, if there's that sense of hierarchy, I, I, I just, right. I don't like to disturb the peace. So there's a sense of, sense of deference to the, to the elders or the, the people who've yeah. a little bit older and. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, you know, maintaining um, good relationships is really, really important, mm-hmm. which, which is awesome. And I love that about our Tongan community that we can do that. And that's why we look after our elders and look after one another. But just the flip side of that is that sometimes that you end up being voiceless and you're right. so used to not speaking that you go to university and you're expected to talk. Being assertive is speaking it out and raising your hands. But because you've just been raised that way, um, it's hard. And then the you know lecturers would think, oh, they're just quiet or they're not engaged, but it's not. It's just, mm. we're listening. <laughs> we're just, that's the only flip side is sometimes you're not as confident in your voice. Yeah, which must, yeah, it's an interesting yeah. challenge. And I think we'll probably come back to this through the interview is this, this difference in cultures, right? Between the New Zealand yeah. or the Western ways of doing things, which is, is sort of put yourself out there and raise your hand and things as opposed to island ways of doing things, maybe. That's right. Mm-hmm. In this third excerpt, we talked a little bit about her teenage years. And in particular, we honed in on some of the questions that she was asking. I think it just raised even more questions like why? Why why are we struggling so much with all this stuff out at out South out, out South Auckland? Mm. Like why why? Like why is there this difference? Why is it like why how how have you guys been okay? Why are you guys able to go out and have nice lunches and like why? Like why am I here, God? Like what is this all about? Um and questioning the teachers all the time, like why do I need to learn about James Cook? Mm. James Cook didn't navigate the Pacific Ocean. My ancestors did, but some didn't really like it. Um, it was the same report as at Otoe College. And now, very disruptive, but I had real questions like, why do I need to learn about the Hiroshima bomb? Is this going to have an impact on my life? Can you just explain it to me? But because I had been suspended from Otoe, had come to Epsom Girls, I felt like there was just this label on me. Mm. But that didn't stop me. I, I didn't care. Like, I... I was like, man, well, you know, if I'm looking right now in the natural, I, I'm, I don't think I'm really any, I'm not anyone. So I might as well just keep being myself. Now in this fourth extract, we went pretty deep because we started talking about reality, including from an indigenous Pacific perspective. Part of the Tonga Research Association, and they're based in Tonga. And, you know, amazing academics. You know, I love one of my favorite professors there is a, uh, and he talks about the whole uh, time and space, like it's an indigenous uh, theory of reality. Mm. It's the idea that, you know, the walk, the past stands in front of us. So we walk forward into the past and backwards into the future. And it makes so much sense because when we look at like Ihumato, what is happening there? That's the past standing in front of us in the, in the present. Mm. confronting us to deal with what's happened in the past so you know the past can stand in front it's like this a circular you know circular idea of um, reality which makes sense to like a pacific worldview on how to on how we view reality Mm. like sometimes through like um western western ways of thinking of past and future it's almost like the past is behind it's gone we just keep moving but when we put the past in front of us we learn we learn from it and so, you know, in simple terms, that's what Dava is all about. Oh, you have to talk to um, the actual professor. If you want his name afterwards, he can talk about this stuff. It is mind-blowing. It's fascinating. And I'm really, really fortunate that I've been in the presence of him talking about it. Yeah. 
And in this final excerpt, we talked about Pacific people who are entrepreneurs. I'm like, guys, there's a whole community of Pacific entrepreneurs, grassroots initiatives that need support. And we're not giving them the support. Like, what are we doing for one another? You know, um, you know, because I felt like that gap between the really established Pacific businesses and the startups, there's this huge gap in between. And so what are we doing like to, to, to pull these people through so that there is this increase in Pacific businesses? Because, you know, when, and that's the heart behind what I do. And I'm like, you know, there's some stuff that we can do for free. Like I can give some social media tips. It's free. It's not going to cost me money. It's not going to cost me my business. And it's okay. And at the same time, um, building like a network of people that are supportive. So changing the mindset of, um, you know, business. We don't, we don't need to comp- compete. Let's collaborate. Like, how do we do it in a specific way? We like to work together. So let's take this model that doesn't work for us and throw it in the rubbish bin and actually look at how we can support one another in a way that makes sense to us as, as Pacific people. You know, you know, when you're starting something new, you're just like, oh my gosh, shame, who am I? Like, <laughs> oh, I don't have anything. Oh, who do you think you are? Like, it's like when you come into this space, you're not who, you know, who you are right now is not who you're going to be in five years. Mm-hmm. And we just drill. I, I, you know, I am a big, big believer in that. And I'm like, don't, don't undersell yourself. Don't put yourself down because you're going to be amazing. And it's that God, God, I guess, say, mm-hmm. you know, God doesn't see us for like who we are right now. He sees our whole life. He knows what's going what we're capable of, why we're born mm-hmm. and what we're going to do. And so it's kind of bringing that into the space because where else are you going to hear that kind of conversation? <laughs> yeah. And it actually and just, maybe sort of relates to the ta and va sort of concepts as well, that you're becoming somebody, you know, I, I actually have always felt this in my own life that I want to make choices that make me a more interesting person so that yeah. one day in the future, I would want to meet me. You know what I mean? Like that, exactly. that but, it, but it's taking the positive steps to get to that point. Yeah, that's right, man. That's so amazing. Because when I, when I was searching for social enterprise, like it was amazing to me that I found guidelines with the stuff that you were doing. Right. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, like one, why isn't this stuff? Why haven't I not seen it yet? Like, and I've, you know, I was, I've been in the business community for a year I was like, why haven't I seen it? Why are we not sharing it? Like, it was just, and it was cool because I read through it and the, even the terminology, some of the terms you're using, um, it was um, 2020. It wasn't like 1970s term. Like, even I was like, oh, I can read this. All right. Um, <laughs> well, that's good feedback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it was so funny because I thought, hey, wait, isn't that that guy on Facebook? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. cool. Well, I hope you enjoyed those excerpts of the hour-long conversation that I had with Anau. Be sure to watch out for the next episode, which will be the full interview with her. I can guarantee that you do not want to miss that one. So see you soon.